0: Hey everybody, this is Anthony from They Call This A Movie and I just wanted to let you know that we will be partnering with our friends from the Game Vault Podcast to host our sixth annual Extra Life Video Game Marathon. Starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, November 13th we'll be streaming for 24 hours straight on the Game Vault Podcast Twitch channel to benefit the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. We'd love for you to join in the fun by checking it out on twitch.tv slash gamevaultpod and if you can, please feel free to donate at tinyurlmarkhatesart. We hope to see you there. Thanks. A great classic
1: comes to the screen.
2: Take thy hand, fair prince. Who said I'm fair?
0: To be or not to be? Not to be.
1: Columbia Pictures is proud to present the screen's greatest
0: action hero, Jack Slater.
1: Don't even think it, Slater, you hear me? This is the lieutenant governor. Slater, here's
0: what I If the governor gets here,
1: call me. And Danny Madigan is his biggest fan.
2: <laughs> Jack Slater Four.
1: But tonight, a magic ticket It's a passport to another world. will get Danny closer to the action than anyone ever dreamed. Show me, I'm Danny Madigan, I'm a kid. And you're going
0: with him. Who is this twirt and where is that smile on his face? I don't even know this kid. To a world that's bigger than life. This ticket is magic and it really works.
2: And better than real. You really believe that you're inside a movie, don't you?
0: Yes, the bad
1: guys are in there. I've seen it on screen.
0: Could I speak to the drug dealer of the house, please? Have a nice day. Have him killed. This summer, it's head-on thrills. I have killed people smarter and younger than you. Head-first excitement. I hate when it happens.
2: He's got the ticket.
0: Now I possess power, real power.
2: He's gone over to my world. In this world, the bad guys can win. The door must still be open, come on!
0: If I go, how do I get back? And it's coming at you from both sides of the screen. Where am I now?
1: This isn't the movies anymore, Jack. Please be careful, things were different here. Damn it, that hurt! Arnold Schwarzenegger is Jack Slater. No!
0: This hero stuff has its limits. No! And
2: Jack Slater is... Everybody down!
1: the last action hero the big ticket
0: for 93 I'll be back ha you did not gonna say that did you
2: that's what you always say
0: I do Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships, one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Daming Network. To find more from us, check out the website, com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Daming. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony DelVecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, guys. How's it going?
1: Hey. How you doing? We were having a uh, discussion beforehand about Planet Hollywood's. And it just made me think all the stuff growing up, like around this movie in terms of like Planet Hollywood and is Hard Rock Cafe still a big thing? Like, are these just things from my childhood that I think are still really around but are not? I don't know. This movie made me think about it a lot because there was a lot of references to a time period when we were like nine, ten years old here.
0: Sure.
2: I think they're around, but they're not a thing. Yeah. I don't know how they're still around, though. Right. We were trying to figure out how is that even possible? Yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't have the answer for it.
2: Well, because if if you think about it, like rock and roll is like dead, essentially, right? So if any if any kid now goes to a rock and roll one of those cafes, they're not going to understand any of the memorabilia that's there. You know, this is John Lennon's glasses. Who? What? What's the right. significance? You know, like
0: oh, the guy that beat his wife.
2: <laughs> like we're they're going to be looking for like I can I don't even know I I, I was going to try to think of a current artist i would have just embarrassed myself harry styles ocean.
0: dorothy dress that he wore during on halloween
2: uh, yeah why not Where, where's that
0: yeah the, <laughs> the drummer from deaf leopards right arm
2: <laughs> they have it preserved <laughs> they got it from the uh, the car crash <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm not even sure it's the right or the left but uh.
2: yeah well, it, it also makes shot. me sad that
1: uh kids would have no idea what the video store was that he walks into in this movie. Either, oh
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like, I feel like there is far too much nostalgia glasses for video stores, especially those big ones yeah. going on right now. It's like it wasn't that, it wasn't that fun. Yeah, <laughs> everyone, I, I, everyone imagines the blockbuster from the commercials. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, the movie that you wanted wasn't there, so you had to settle for some direct to video Ray Liotta movie.
2: Next year. Well, I think it was fun in the right circumstance. Like if you were having like a sleepover, yeah, It was fun because we were
0: kids. Really. Yeah. You know, we just missed the fact that we're not children anymore. Really more right. than anything.
2: We're jaded That's assholes, true. essentially. Is that yeah. what you're yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. But I'm not clamoring to get uh those stores back, to be yeah. honest. It, it's
1: like the old joke about the fast food places is the that the fast food places morphed from happy kids to depressed adults, just like us. <laughs> right, yeah,
2: they become yeah. like super corporate looking
0: Yeah But besides that and our, uh, our lives of unfulfilled dreams And our wishes to go back to childhood What did you guys watch this week? Anything?
2: Yeah, I, I watched The New Dune On the way that Denis Vill- Villanueva wanted me to In my robe, in my house, on my screen TV Not at the theaters, so I, I apologize But uh, that, that was fine, I, I thought it was way better than the the original, and mm-hmm. it was more concise. It was it was directed by Finch <laughs> that guy Mike my, my man Finch
0: so close
2: Lynch David Lynch
0: <laughs> here we go
2: yeah, I'll get it one day. <laughs> i'm not I'm never going to get it. they're so close if if it's it's their fault that I don't get it, all right yeah, they shouldn't be that close together and fifteen um,
0: years ago to be a director named David Lyncher.
2: Yeah, come on, man. This is just—it's too hard. What am I supposed to do? So I saw, yeah, I saw the the new Dune movie. I, I liked it. It was oh man, it's a slow burn for sure. And but it, it's more concise. I felt like the original Dune, it kind of throws you in. It's it's if is as it's as if you just started watching Game of Thrones in like season five, and they just tell okay. you all right, yeah, figure it out. They're they're naming <laughs> all of these houses and uh, the intergalactic like treaties and all that. So it's a it's a lot to take in, but visually it's amazing. Acting is is good. I, I enjoy the acting for the most part. Am I I'm not super excited for the second chapter, but I I will see it. Okay. So it was it was a good movie. I I would recommend you guys watching it if you haven't already. And then Sunday I saw the Eternals, uh, Marvel's Eternals, and I gotta tell you, I have you guys seen the the Rotten Tomato score and all that.
0: I know it's the, like the lowest Rotten Tomato score of any Marvel movie. Yeah, uh-huh. I,
2: I think last I checked it was at forty-eight percent or forty-nine percent. Like worse than I think that's worse than Thor Two: The Dark World. Mm-hmm. I can't. I have no idea why. No idea why. It's not great, but it's nowhere near as bad as Thor Two, and it, like it's a joke that it's that low. It, again, visually, it's it's the best shot Marvel movie I think. So far uh, cool. and not that it's saying a whole lot. Cause obviously there's a lot of green screen CGI mm-hmm. effects. This movie takes, it takes full advantage of its scenery. It's, it does that perfectly. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I think there was some miscasting. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy Angelina Jolie in this movie. Um, kind of watered her down a little bit, a mm-hmm. lot. It, 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 they tried to stuff a lot of movie into this, Mm. Essentially the Eternals have been around for seven thousand years. So they're trying to stuff seven thousand years of history into a two and a half hour movie. So it feels a little bloated. Gotcha. Um pacing is a little off every now and then. But I, I thought the story was good. It it had good heart to it. It's not your typical Marvel movie, and maybe that's why critics were not clamoring over it. I I think it kind of suffers a little bit from the Hobbit. Like the Hobbit movies, or if I asked you to name me, name me a bunch of the dwarves that were in Thorin's company, probably have a hard time doing it. Mm-hmm. Or super like super stand out. Basically, it, you know, it's a solid movie. I I would say probably seven out of ten to me. It, it's better than a lot of the standalone movies. Okay. Uh, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, of uh, first two Thor movies, first Captain America movie. So I I, I don't have a definitive listing for it. But I would recommend seeing it. I thought it was pretty good. It's a little long. The end credit scenes are really cool. So it, it definitely sets up for something awesome. But yeah. If, if if you're on the fence about seeing it, I would recommend it. Kind of make your own judgment. But it definitely does not deserve a forty-eight percent.
0: Okay. All right, Mark. What did you not watch this week? Thought about watching Dune. <laughs> so so what I did I what I said did that help at all?
1: No, I actually do want to watch it. I was just, it's more the length of it that I was trying to fit into, you know, preparing for extra life this weekend and the uh, D&D
0: session we do. Sure.
2: That's what they all say. It's the length of it. That's the problem. Yeah. 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 The
0: girth is what you want. Yeah.
2: I just didn't have enough girth to watch Dune.
1: (laughs) But yeah. So no, I did think about that and I have a passing interest in, in the Spencer movie more so as a excuse to do something get my mother out of the house sort of thing but not anything where if she doesn't want to go to the movies i'll just wait for it to come to streaming but yeah i don't think there's anything i think last night in soho might have been until spider-man might be the last thing that i absolutely want to see in theaters coming up so okay we'll see if i can find anything on streaming but as you know i i don't watch as many movies as you guys do
0: you gotcha as for me, I watched a couple of things uh, I watched first the heart of the Fall which is the new Netflix Western i really liked great cast's got uh, Jonathan Majors who was in uh, Loki I believe he was in as well as he was in the Lovecraft country uh, he's the lead and zazy zazy beats Zazy beats zazy almost say zazy I would say Zazy beats but Zazy.
2: yeah that's what I
0: say but I'm not know me i'm not great at pronunciation or saying words correctly (laughs) she's in it lakeith steinfeld is in it uh idris elba is in it regina king all minority cast basically really well done a bit long though it's about two hours and ten minutes which is what this movie was that we watched this week and there's like specific parts where it's like all right well this is this is a part that would lift right out and you would cut ten minutes out it looks cool It's, it's got a little Tarantino in it. It's got a little spaghetti Western to it. It's very stylish and it's fun. You know, it's just a a fun, fun time. I enjoyed it. But again, it probably could have been probably about 15, 20 minutes shorter and I would have liked it a lot more. So I watched that. And then I watched Dave Chappelle's The Closer. So I've been kind of avoiding it and trying to think how I think about it. There was a, there's a TikTok I saw that kind of, it summed it up pretty well and he's like and the the guys basically said imagine if i was a stand-up comedian and i had a special where i talked for five minutes about pickles and then the next stand-up special i came back and i talked about 15 minutes about pickles and the next stand-up special i came back and i talked for 37 minutes about pickles after a while you would say this guy is talking too much about pickles he's gotta think of some <laughs> He's just talking too much about pickles. He needs to move on. And that's kind of how I feel about Dave Chappelle. I think he's a very smart guy. He's very he he chooses his words properly, like well. He's a very smart guy, and he is able to tell a very interesting story. But 37 minutes of this whole special, and I and there are people that can talk about this better than I can, is all about his relationship with the trans community. And it's just like, I'm over it. <laughs> you know, I really want him to stop talking like if if you guys had a really terrible take about something i would ask you to stop bringing it up <laughs> it's like i'm not gonna try and change your ni- mind but just stop bringing it up and that's kind of how i feel with dave chappelle i still like dave chappelle i think he's he's still one of the best comedians of all time it's just he needs to move on and stop talking about trans people because his his take is terrible it's not a good take and i'm not going to go into why i think it's a terrible take because like i said it coming as a as a heterosexual white man, I don't really feel like it's my place to talk about a uh, black man talking about the, the at odds he feels the black community is with trans people. So it's not my place, but yeah, just stop talking about it. I'd love to watch an entire hour and 20 minute Dave Chappelle special where it doesn't come up. Yeah. I'm waiting for that. So that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. Really? I don't know if you guys watched it if you have any interest in watching it.
2: No, I, I haven't seen it. I I figured it I think it it's been overshadowed and I wouldn't be able to focus on anything else. I I don't know if that's all he talks about in it, but I think you said it's about of the the special, right? It's not ha- it's about half of it. Okay. So I wouldn't be able to really focus on the other half of it cuz I would just know what's coming. Mm-hmm. You know. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't need to see it. I, I I still like Dave Chappelle because I I agree I think he's a phenomenal storyteller uh, probably one of the better ones in the business but uh, yeah I don't I don't need to I don't yeah. need to hear that I'm good I think
0: what I'm I think what I'm saying is find a new slant is is I sure. think is I think I, what I'm saying I'm
2: not I'm not a fan of you know obviously as as a minority and he he kind of talks about how how rough they have it and you know like just because x has it rough doesn't make it okay that you could talk about why not having it rough or as rough right so yeah i i think he's he's in the wrong on this one but yeah like you i'm i would probably see him live or i i will probably catch, apparently his movie untitled is supposed to be pretty good uh, if I had a chance to see that on streaming or something, I'd probably watch it. But yeah, this is just, yeah, it, it's just, I think it's shock for shock value in a way.
0: I, it and it doesn't really come off that way. It comes off as he's trying to explain himself and why gotcha. he feels what he does. But it's, it feels like he's talking too si- out of both sides of his mouth about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because um, he still wants to go for the cheap joke. Like, oh, that woman's got a dick. Right. And then was like, well, I feel like I could say that because of this. Because I'm and black. Or, of, yeah. And then he kind of props up. He tells the story. And it's a really like it's it's a touching story about a trans woman that he befriended. Who is that Daphne? Uh, Daphne. And yeah. it's a very touching story. But it's also it's like this kind of feels like a white person saying, how could I be racist? This is my black friend.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, I did it's, hear that. There's story. a little
0: bit of to- there's a little bit of tokenism to it. Okay, but like I said, I, I just want him to be over it. I want him to move past this, and maybe, maybe that's it. May I felt like this was the the final say he was gonna say in a special. He also mm-hmm. was in like it was okay. It's not any. It's not killing him softly. nowhere near killing him softly. Yeah, which I think is one of the best comedy specials ever. Um, and that's kind of what. That's kind of what I want. Like I want him to spend time doing jokes like that but i mean like he's like i said he's a smart guy and his his stuff that he that short little video that came out like right after the george floyd murder was like pretty profound and like he's he's pretty smart guy and he's he's able to express himself very well through his words it's just you're just not right about the things you're saying on this particular issue and just just move on man just move on really yeah (laughs) i hear you but yeah, that's all I watched this week. Watched two interesting things, one better than the other. But yeah, if you if you if you have a chance, if you have 2 hours and 10 minutes, The Harder The Harder They Fall is pretty good. It's fun. And that's all we watched this week. So we're going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some ads so we can pay those bills and we'll be right back. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie and this week was Mark's pick. So Mark, yeah. why don't you tell us which movie you picked for us this week?
1: Yeah. So I picked Last Action Hero. Um, it's one of those movies that, uh, that I've seen a few times. Um, I did it for an old, um, blog post series that I was doing, uh, almost a decade ago at this point. Um, and yeah, the, the main thing I like about it is if, if you don't know from listening to our, um, you know, uh, D&D podcast, um, if you've listened to that is I, I get a good kick out of a good reference and. There's a whole bunch of parody satire, whatever you want to call it, of action movie references, um, in this and movie references in general. Um, so I, I enjoyed it the first couple times I watched it. Um, you know, but you know, on this watching and maybe it was because, um, you know, I knew I had to squeeze it in before we started recording. Um, it felt really longer and boring to me than it did in the past. Um uh, maybe because I knew all the beats and we're just trying to get through it to make sure I didn't forget anything. Uh, but I think for your first, first time viewing it, or if you're uh, really into action movies, um, I think the movie still plays well. Um, Arnold's as, as charming as, as ever in this. And, um, yeah, they hit all the good tropes correctly. Um, uh, throughout, throughout when he's in the movie world. And, um, it's always nice to see like a random relics uh from the mid nineties. Um, like with the aforementioned video store that's in there. Um, you know, having uh both I believe it's Bobby Brown and Angie Everhart in the mo- in in that uh video store um uh scene and just, you know, going, Oh right, that that would have been a pretty cool cameo back then. And um yeah. That I think a lot of that stuff is just great. And the fact that I think Stallone looks really good on that T2 poster. <laughs> and I think they could have completely made that movie. <laughs> it would have been good. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's the main reason I picked it. I thought it'd be a, f- a fun movie that we can pick apart, um, you know, and have some good fun with, but not be a terrible
2: slog to get through.
0: Okay, great. And Dan, where are you coming from with Last Action Hero?
2: I have seen this movie plenty of times. Uh, I want to say around close to 10, I would say. This is a a good movie to have on in the background if you're just kind of looking for something, can't make up your mind. Last Action Heroes on. I'll watch it. Um, I I saw this movie when it first came out with my dad. And I just, I remember having so much fun watching this and two of us just goofing on it. Essentially, it was... uh, it, it was it was good to watch with with him so i have very fond memories of this movie and just how it's so tongue in cheek how it doesn't take itself seriously um i love when arnold is trying to trick uh danny into like oh you wouldn't expect me to do that would you cuz he's he's trying to sh- show him that it's not a movie yeah. like oh you wouldn't expect me to say this um and yeah how it it touches on all the tropes that's great it it definitely i guess it's it's like the airplane of uh, of action movie and
1: might a the way to put it
2: yeah it's i love it uh charles dance so much fun such a great villain like this guy was born to be evil uh, <laughs> he's he's awesome in it i i love charles dance um it, it's i always i was hoping he would say like something with the word king in it because obviously <laughs> you know he, when he was in game of thrones anytime he said the word king it was so menacing and it was awesome and even in, he was in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. He has that line, long live the king. Fuck yeah, man. That's, you rock Charles Dance. I love you. Um, He's good. It's, it's so much fun. I I would, I would want, I, everyone should see this movie, I think.
0: Okay. As for me, uh, I, I don't remember the first time I've seen it. I probably saw it when I was a kid. And then I kind of just hadn't seen it in a while Uh, until I was a, a, older and probably watched it on Netflix. Uh, this movie is super ahead of its time. Um, it's gotten a bad reputation for God knows why. Uh, I just think people weren't ready for Schwarzenegger to ha- have such a meta movie early this early in his career, I suppose. Um, it's great. Charles Dance is so good in this movie. He's like easily the most underrated villain in action movies, um, Although I would like they apparently they their first choice was Alan Rickman would have loved to see that. But I think Charles Dance does a fantastic job. The references are great. It just I want to see Jack Slater one through four. I want to see those movies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, it's it's great. I it's such a fun like people at the top of their game that have done action movies. So it's like John McTiernan. Director of Predator as well as Die Hard and well many others. Uh Shane Black is the writer on this and Arnold Schwarzenegger, all of them just in their heyday just coming together and it's like, well, why don't we poke fun at the movies we've already made? Um, yeah, it's so good. Uh the the cameos seeing those glimpses of like Robert Patrick come out of the police department or ca- yeah. uh Sharon Stone is a blinking you miss a cameo. Uh, coming out of the police department so such clever little nods and just the small details and everything like like the driving scenes like (laughs) there's one scene where they're talking while they're driving and it's a non-scene it's just like it's basically a scene that exists to get from one place to another and schwarzenegger's talking to the kid but like on the bat in the background you see he's running people off the road because (laughs) he's just like he's all over the road but it's just like this calm non nondescript scene but because that's the way they make movies like they're all over the road just everybody's just crashing behind them it's hilarious it's perfect uh this is like the cinema paradiso of action movies like where the movie comes alive it's it's wonderful I th- I thought the
2: best part, like you know how this movie is actually really good mm-hmm. because it made Jim Belushi funny for like two seconds. <laughs> That's how like the writing is so good in this, right? Because uh, yeah. they're they're at the premiere of the new Jack Slater film and they're they're talking to Jim. I don't know why Jim Belushi would have been there to begin with, but I guess because right in the '90s he was still kind of around. He was a he was a little bit of a thing.
0: Yeah, uh, I I it, does he not have? He's got to have a a movie with schwarzenegger now
2: he might like, he, he probably has like a, a kid comedy right a comedy. uh red
0: heat he was in red heat with schwarzenegger i think schwarzenegger called in favors because i ah. think they said um because one the thing with sharon stone was they they famously did not get along on total recall oh, Total
2: recall that's right
0: but he was like well yeah sure maybe you don't like me but that also propelled your career <laughs> so you kind of <laughs> yeah. owe me
2: it's, I just I love that the, they're talking to Belushi and he, what does he say? He's like, oh, I I hate Arnold, but my wife loves him. Turns her on, and I just like to be there when that happens. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Just again, like li- these little quips. Uh, man, it 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 was kind of it was funny and kind of sad to see MC Hammer in it. Yeah, Cause, cause uh, that's like, the one that
0: does not hold up, right? No, right?
2: Because <laughs> it's like he's begging. Like, hey, we're good for the we're good for the the job, right, dude? like did he was that in the movie or did he just slip into the studio like arnold
0: i need this man come on <laughs> yeah help, help me there, out. there's no universe where jack slater 5 had an mc hammer song on it no no
2: <laughs> yeah yeah it, ian he, uh ian mcclellan is in it uh who would i i was looking at gandalf as as a kid how yep. cool is that? I, I didn't know. You know, no, no one could know that, obviously. Um, yeah, it's just it's such a good cast. Yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, yeah, not to take w- what I said. Um, the, I actually absolutely love this movie as much as as Ant did. I think it was more the um, watching this for the purpose of a podcast made it, you know, not as enjoyable of a watch as I've had in the past. I don't know if that makes sense. I just want to make that sure. clear that it was think more this work
2: was like, than pleasure.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think it's a great movie and I've watched it just like you said, Dan, just at times of when nothing else was on when I used to have cable, Um, you know, just put it on and watch it. Um, But yeah, everything, all the little cameos are great. Um, I think the it's inspired casting to put Danny DeVito uh, voicing any cartoon animals um, because it just it just comes through great um, Mm -hmm. because he's essentially a cartoon character himself.
0: Right yeah the connection with twins there you go there you go yeah yeah
1: Yeah. i think i think just about every one of the slight cameos or things like that as you had mentioned dan i think they may have all been in a movie with him
0: i can't figure out the chevy chase connection that's the one yeah yeah that's that's a and was he in a movie with damon waynes uh no but i think damon waynes was in last boy scout which was a shane black yeah so
2: maybe it has something to do with Shane Black or one of the other writers. It's probably there. it's probably like
0: John. Yeah. It's probably somewhere between John McTiernan and Shane Black. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Very, very possible.
0: I and and I also this was probably just
1: more for for me laughing, but the fact that at the premiere when he's going around telling Maria Shriver who all the journalists are and who not to talk to, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, she's Maria Shriver, like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she would know this stuff.
2: Yeah, that that was pr- that was pretty cool to see that. Cause I, I I had forgotten that they were married at one point. Now I like I see her constantly. Just, <laughs> she haunts my dreams. I close oh, my shit. eyes. There's Maria Shriver.
0: Yeah. I uh, I also I there's I love when Schwarzenegger says California, just California. from his just a, from his California, uh, just from his days as the governor, and he <laughs> says it like a couple of times in this one. Uh, yeah. I just get a kick out of every time he says California. Yeah, uh,
1: just, just all the digs at, at Arnold were great just the, the thing about I'll be back you know they yeah. try to see you know you know they're looking for you to put it into every movie it's like <laughs> you're calling card now
2: yeah the, people just wait for you to say it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so oh, my wife had a question all right. So there, there's a scene in the real world where Slater's character says "rubby rubber baby buggy bumpers and she was like, "Oh, where have I heard that before? That's from a movie, right?" I don't think so. I think it's just like a saying. It's not from a movie, right? It's it's just no. a
0: saying. I think it's just like a vocal warm up exercise. Okay. She yeah. couldn't
2: figure it out, and then I guess she Googled it. Like, oh, it's like oh, like a tongue twister, rubber it.
0: baby buggy buckers. Yeah, it's a tw- it's a tongue twister.
2: God, imagine saying that with that accent. <laughs> he he deserves an Oscar for that. That's, <laughs> that's, incredible. <laughs> that's incredible.
0: he's take in five. He's he's really good in this. Like, there's moments, yeah. there's moments where he has like existential crisis of coming to terms with the fact that he's a fictional character. That's like the most acting up until this point that Ar- Arnold has had to do.
2: That's a good point, right? When he's like, "Yeah, just kill my kid. It's fine. I'm a fictional character. It doesn't give me nightmares for the rest of my life." <laughs> Holy shit, that's that's
0: pretty interesting, right? <laughs> like, yeah,
2: do these fictional characters carry the weight? of what goes on in their movies
1: yeah yeah it's it's like the moment when he shoots the guy in the the closet in his in his <laughs> apartment and yeah. just the way he just the way he says there's always a guy
2: yeah. <laughs> spend a fortune <laughs> on closet doors
0: <laughs> and then he oh and i love that little detail when he opens it and it's the same outfit he on every <laughs> single anger <laughs> with the same gun and every holster yeah he just yeah, trades he, he, he trades one out for and Picks yeah. up another one.
1: He takes the jacket off, puts it down, and it's, just
2: takes it. It's cool because to honestly, and I think we'll you know we'll get into this as we continue the review. There's not much of a weak spot in this movie. No, you know, I, if you I want think to say Danny, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, kids I, are. I,
0: I mean, kids are kids are kind of like uh, they're hit or miss really when it comes to kid yeah, actors. Sure,
2: and yeah, I I think you know it's it, it's a perfect spoof of action movies. Uh, it's a compelling story It's an interesting twist um, Yeah, and, and like the characters are fleshed out Right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was not When I first saw this And tonight when I watched it last I was not bored at all I was tackling at so many stupid parts I could tell my wife Hey, watch, watch this part There's a scene I think about it constantly Where Charles dances in the real world and he kills someone to test the theory. And he was like, I shot a man and I want to confess. Shut up down there. Like, <laughs> I, I think about that, that line. <laughs> just like sporadically, I'll be sitting there just like, I shot someone. Shut up down there. It's, it's so good.
0: <laughs> uh, it's great. He's so good. He's got such great lines too. Like, if God were a villain, he'd be me. Such a good line. Yeah, that,
2: that is, yeah, that, that's that's cocky as
1: hell. And for some reason, I get a kick every time I watch this movie out of the uh, way Arnold delivers. He's my favorite second cousin. Yes, yeah, so he's the second cousin. <laughs> we also talking can't
0: forget him. We also can't forget that Ali Leong is another yeah. is in this movie again. Yes, killed by the ice cream cone. <laughs> he got think, iced to yeah, cone a so freeze.
2: I, I say I think he got his own uh, witty one-liner.
0: <laughs> so, last action hero from 1993 is directed by John McTiernan, who also directed Predator, The Hunt for Red October, Die Hard, and Die Hard with a Vengeance, as among many others. Stars: Arnold Schwarzenegger, Charles Dance, Frank McCray, Austin O'Brien, Art Carney, Mercedes Rule, Tom Noonan, Robert Prosky, Anthony Quinn, among many cameos. IMDb score of 6.4 and a Rotten Tomato score of 40%. Budget: eighty five million dollars box office, fifty million dollars go- uh domestically one thirty seven globally. So it did not make too much money in u s. box office. That's probably why there wasn't a last action hero too, which I totally would have enjoyed seeing a second one. But yeah, that's it. you guys want to get into the plot? I, I
2: think it. I think you were right earlier uh, with the movie that was ahead of its time.
0: yeah, yeah, it's also a little bit too. but yeah, that's it. Uh, okay, Dan, what do you got for us this week? All right, so I think I've been saying this wrong,
2: <laughs> constantly, and right. I I sincerely apologize to to our good friends Tia and Brittany because so I've been calling it Tea Time with Tia. I don't think that's what it is. I th- I think it's like Coffee Break with Tia. I'm I'm trying to look it up now. I I, I feel so. If you just terrible. give them a
1: name for their new show,
2: right? Because it it flowed, right? Tea Time yeah. with Tia. It's like fuck yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome, but. That's not it, because I, I saw it on YouTube the other day. I was like, shit, I've been calling you crab apple. Uh, <laughs> no, so I, I apologize to Tia and Brittany, but they, they have their own podcast. Uh, it's on uh, Geek Vibes Nation, gvnation.com. Tia and Brittany getting together, talking about random subjects, uh, pop culture related. Uh, give them a listen. Go check them out. Rate and review them on iTunes or wherever you get your... Your podcasts from uh, Brittany also streams on twitch.tv uh, backslash itty bitty Brit. She streams a variety of games. She's a phenomenal streamer. They are great people. So go listen to their podcast. Go watch her stream. They're great. You, you will not regret it.
0: Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. So we'll be right back. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. In Philly, and I'll see you, boils and ghouls, over there. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into plot four last action hero. We open on a hostage situation akin to Die Hard. Basically, every cop in Los Angeles is there with someone named the Ripper on the roof of an elementary school and during Christmas time, no less. So, Slater 3 is a Christmas movie. Uh, the Ripper. Despite the numbers against him, has the upper hand as he manages to kill a SWAT sniper and toss him off the roof with very little fanfare. But then, walking across the roofs of the police cruisers in a pair of cowboy boots and general 80s, 90s badass dress is Jack Slater, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jack's a loose cannon, and even though the police chief tells him that this negotiation is not his job... Jack doesn't listen to him and goes to make his way to the roof and punches out the lieutenant governor in the process just because he's not the actual governor, right in front of the mayor, played by Tina Turner. Yep. I'd like to see him try and do that shit with John Fetterman.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, now or when he was Jack Slater? Uh, Now. Well, okay. either, I guess. John Fetterman now, Jack Slater then. I think ought to be an even matchup. Yeah, that'd be even. <laughs> he also gives a SWAT guy tapped with trying to stop him a quote-unquote couple of acres and kicks him into the (laughs) sun (laughs) is that a real saying when you kick somebody i I, i've never heard it before i I think it means like like oh your two nuts are acres they ache i think that's what that meant oh wow that's fucking meta (laughs) yeah yeah uh so jack makes it to the roof and it turns out that among all the school children being taken hostage jack's own son is as well the ripper jack tells jack to get rid of all his weapons at first jack drops a single gun but then is prodded and then drops about a full arsenal's worth of guns and knives which is a cl- great great joke jack then tosses a live grenade quote unquote at the feet of the ripper the ripper calls his bluff assuming that jack would never put his own child in danger in such a manner Ripper tells Jack's son to pick up the grenade, and to no surprise, it's not a grenade. It is, however, a switchblade, which Jack's son uses and stabs the Ripper. Jack shoots at the Ripper, hitting him in the chest, and the Ripper falls over the side, taking the kid with him. And at about that time, we realize we were watching a movie within a movie, and one in which the projector has gone out of focus. So our hero kid, Danny, walks out into the lobby of what can only be described as a flophouse movie theater, and makes his way up to the projectionist booth to wake up Nick, the old man that runs the theater. Nick wakes up and adjusts the the projector just as the credits roll. Danny isn't too worried. It's an older Jack Slater movie that he's seen a bunch of times before, but Nick tells him that he's getting an advanced copy of the brand new Jack Slater 4 film and that Danny can come by tonight and watch it with him.
1: If this movie theater, if by the end of it, you, you get the notion that the movie theater is closing down. How is he still getting advanced copies of movies?
0: <laughs> I do not know.
1: Question.
0: <laughs> maybe maybe he had to pay an arm and a leg for it. And that's yeah. why he's going <laughs> to close. Daniel runs off to school, which is where he's supposed to be the entire time. And in his class, his teacher is talking about Hamlet and then shows the class a clip from the Laurence Olivier stage play version specifically the scene where Hamlet considers killing his uncle Claudius. Danny is bored and demands Hamlet be a man of action, so he imagines Jack Slater as Hamlet kicking his ass and taking some names. I'd also watch
2: that movie.
0: I would too, yep. (laughs) (laughs) At home, Danny's mom gets a call telling her that Danny was sick today, and she tells him he needs to go to school and basically stop being a burden to her because she's a single mom now that his dad has passed away. She says this in the nicest of terms. So she goes to work, and at some point in the night, some tweaker breaks into the apartment and holds Danny at knife point. He handcuffs Danny to the sink and ransacks the apartment, looking for anything to sell for drug money. After the ordeal, Danny goes to the police station and files a report, but the cops seem to, be, to plan to be doing dick all about it. Ah, uh, New York. <laughs> hey, cab. Uh, Danny makes his way to the theater late, but luckily Nick was waiting for him and gives him a special ticket. Magic ticket given to him by Houdini or something. I don't even (laughs) know. The movie movie begins with mob boss Vivaldi trying to get information out of Frank, Jack Slater's second cousin, played by Art Carney. I'm I'm
1: sorry, Aunt. His favorite second cousin.
0: Favorite second cousin. (laughs) And his hitman Benedict, played by Charles Dance, is also there. Later, a couple of cops get ready to serve a drug warrant at a house that doesn't seem to be a drug house. And Jack shows up with groceries saying that it's not a drug house. It's his second his favorite second cousin's Frank's house, and he's not a drug dealer. So Jack opens the door and finds Frank tied to a chair. Before he dies, Jack tell, Frank tells Jack that Vivaldi and another mob boss are joining forces. And Jack finds a note addressed to him and then realizes it's a countdown to a bomb. Runs out of the house just as it explodes, leaving Jack with minor injuries. But the other cops are dead, one of which was two days away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- th- this scene has so many good parts. It has
2: uh, when Frank dies, his last words are so cool I'm out of here. God, that, that's, that's awesome. That's an awesome way to go out. I'm out of That's how <laughs> I want to die. I'm out of here. Uh, and then Danny calling the play by play. It's fine, minor wounds. Both cops are dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like this gigantic explosion. Uh, the action star walks away. No problem. Everyone else is like blown to pieces.
0: <laughs> yeah. After he dusts himself off, Jack sees a car filled with machine gun wielding henchmen coming around the corner, including Al Leong. And a car chase ensues with the goons chasing after Jack and his convertible. They exchange gunfire. One of the henchmen throws a bundle of dynamite at Jack's car. Dynamite rolls off the car and magically into the theater. Danny sees it and runs towards the movie screen as the dynamite explodes, and when the dust clears, Danny finds himself in the backseat of Jack's convertible in the middle of the car chase. Jack manages to drive without hands and without looking in front of him. After Alion gets killed by an errant ice cream cone embedding in the back of his skull, Danny realizes that he is in the middle of, ja- of Jack Slater 4. The car chase continues towards downtown and into the LA River and several other locations I recognize from Grand Theft Auto 5. Until, through the magic of movie making, the chase continues halfway across the city and ends in a game of chicken between Jack's convertible and a black Toyota Privia. The Privia yields to Jack and winds up careening into a possible Victoria's Secret fashion shoot as the driver catches fire and has to put himself out in fountain as women in lingerie run in terror. Jack tries, Danny tries to convince Jack that they're in a movie as Jack t- takes him to the precinct. At the precinct, Danny meets Detective John Practice, whom he recognizes as F. Murray Abraham. More specifically, more specifically in his, ro- his role in Amadeus, so he presumes he's the bad guy. Jack has to go to the captain's office and get his ass chewed out, but Danny tries his hardest to tell them that they're in a movie by telling them all the information he knows about them because he's seen all the Jack Slater movies a bunch of times, including the fact Jack and the captain are best friends. He also tries to point out that there's a cartoon cat that's a detective and that proves they're in a movie, but Jack and the captain ignore him. He realizes that he knows an awful lot about their lives, so he- they interrogate him a little bit, and then the chief tells Slater that Danny is his new partner. Jack tells yeah. Danny. Okay. My
1: favorite part about the interrogation scene here is that uh, once he gives him an answer that satisfies, like what the movie script would say, um, they it they stop the interrogation. Like he goes, uh, "I fell, I fell off the bridge and landed in the back of the car." And the chief goes, "Well,
2: that's good. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know, they just stop mm-hmm. pestering him." Um, I think yeah. there's an issue with uh, the the cartoon cat. Uh, we see him get paired up with one of the female officers, and he yeah. uh, he, he grabs her butt. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack mentions that he's been suspended for only a month. <laughs> so I think we're led to believe that he was suspended for some um, yeah, actual allegations. <laughs> so even even the cartoon cat is problematic.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, uh,
2: But he's also the best damn... <laughs> policeman on the floor he's the, he's the best damn detective they have <laughs> it's such jack a tell, well-delivered line
0: jack tells danny that he's got one chance to prove that they're in a movie so danny takes him to a video store he goes looking for the arnold schwarzenegger movies but when he sees a t2 advertisement it's sylvester sylvester stallone as the terminator pretty excellent call out to the fact that stallone was considered for the role at one point essentially arnold does not exist in this world because jack slater does Danny also points out a few other things, including everyone's phone number starts with 555, and all the women in the store and around it are impossibly attractive, including Angie Everhart as the video store clerk. As a last gasp, Danny then says he could take Jack to the house that his second cousin Frankie was tortured, so they dry, go driving in the Hollywood Hills until they come across the house and they go knock on the door. Benedict, wearing sunglasses, answers the door, and Danny recognizes him, saying it's the guy with the glass eye that he saw in the movie. When Jack asks him to remove his glasses, Benedict tells him no and whistles for a team of very well-trained guard dogs and he tells jack to leave or he'll snap his fingers to make the dogs attack when jack refuses
1: i'm sorry but the uh when he snaps his fingers about the well-trained dogs and it turns around and they're doing a pyramid (laughs) it it did make me laugh out loud
0: Uh, when jack refuses benedict relents shows him his glass eye which is a different pattern than what danny said it would be but as jack and danny leave benedict overhears danny talk about details regarding the interrogation of frankie and is suspicious So they go to Jack's ex-wife's house and Danny tries to tell him that she's not home because she wasn't in the credits. But the door opens and it's Jack's daughter, Whitney. She answers the door and kisses Danny right on the lips. Apparently, Whitney was waiting for some guy that she was supposed to kiss as some sort of sorority initiation. Then she goes to take a shower and Danny sees a whole bunch of cash. Jack explains that it's counterfeit from an old case and burns weird color smoke when it burns. And he also tried
1: to pay his alimony with it. Yeah.
0: And Jack sees a picture of his son and gets real emo and leaves. Uh, in the car he has some flashbacks to jack slater 3 when his son falls off the roof back at the house someone knocks at the door and they think it's the frat kid whitney is supposed to kiss but it's actually benedict with a bunch of goons benedict tells one of his goons to take whitney into the back room and shut her up then interrogates danny he's specifically interested in how danny happens to know so much about him including the conversation with vivaldi and the eye he was wearing that day so he starts going through Danny's wallet and comes across the ticket. And Danny tries to take, uh, preoccupy him. So he tells him, gives him some lies, and tells him that there's a bunch of money in the desk. They should just take it and leave him and Whitney alone. One of the goons grabs a lot of cash and gives it to Benedict. Benedict the suspicious, tells the goon to burn it. One of my favorite little mini jokes in this movie is the fact that everything thrown at this one goon, he can't catch. <laughs> he makes the, like, a, like a very upset sigh. Aww. it's the cash in the gun right yes yeah (laughs) so benedict the suspicion tells him to burn it and when he does it burns red smoke out the chimney which slater happens to see as he pulls up in the driveway in the back room whitney gets slapped around a little bit but then the tables turn on the goon and she kicks him in the nuts tossing him into the wall who then kills him by snacking snapping his neck and takes his gun So Whitney comes out of the bedroom and aims at Benedict and tells him to freeze and then there's a knock at the door and the distraction allows one of the goons to knock the gun out of Whitney's hand. Goons answer it and it's the guy that she was supposed to kiss, but then Slater comes down from the skylight and starts kicking everyone's asses. A shootout ensues with a lot of shots coming from the goons without hitting much. Meanwhile, Slater continues to kill each one of them one by one while spouting sick one-liners. Slater does get hit once with a shotgun, but he kills the guy and reveals that he was wearing a bulletproof vest the entire time. Benedict makes his getaway and Jack says that he needs to, quote unquote, catch the red eye, referring to Benedict's red eye, and then does some parkour down the hillside in order to head off the car at the bottom of the hill. Danny finds a bicycle and follows or after the car, not wanting to miss any of the action. Once I think the car... he
2: messed up his line there, right? Because, yeah, because he goes, I'm in an action movie. I'm in an action movie and I'm missing all the action. So it sounds like he kind of flubbed it. and oh, maybe. And maybe that was one of the better takes. <laughs> Uh, it seemed a little unnatural. To... Sure.
0: It is a little weird because he, he kind of starts and stops a little bit. Yeah. It's like a stutter almost. Yeah. Once the car gets to the bottom of the hill, Slater unloads his handgun at the car. So Benedict uh, advises his driver to go back up the hill. As he does, Danny sees the car coming towards him and decides to play chicken with the car in his little pink bike. But halfway through, he realizes that he's the comic relief in this movie. And there are no rules saying that the comic relief can't die. So he veers off and winds up going up a ramp, passing the moon a la E.T., and Crash lands after riding on some roofs. Jack picks him up and tells him he did good, and they head back to the house, but Danny tells Jack that Benedict now has the magic ticket. They go back to the house, and the cops show up, and they start taking statements. Skeezy, the guy that Whitney was supposed to kiss, mentions to Slater that he got the license plate on the guy with the quote-unquote missing eye. They realize that Benedict left his glass eye behind, and it's actually a bomb that one of the beat cops triggers, and it explodes. Back at the precinct, Jack and Danny get unintelligibly yelled at by the chief while they still have smoke and soot covering them from the explosion until the chief tells Jack that he's fired.
1: I think this is one of my favorite bits is, um, just how good this, um, back and forth was to parody. I'm assuming it was, you know, like lethal weapon and all that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, just the, just the, Just the little things in the background, like them still fixing the glass from when it broke. And, you know, when the uh, all all the uh, the jokes that are being made um, as he's leaving and sort of like the instead of doing the sad cop walk out. I don't know. This whole bit inside. Anytime they were inside the police station was always great.
0: Mm -hmm. According to the closed captioning, they they stuck a cocksucker. And he
1: says cocksucker. Yes. (laughs) That was a good part we missed out in the in the uh, uh, X-Way's house um, is when uh, Danny um, obviously hurt. writes a curse, like probably the F word on the thing and tells him to say it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, you know, I'm not going to say it. He's like, no, because you can't say it. It's PG-13. Right.
2: <laughs> at, th- at first, I thought it was going to be hasta la vista.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I, I thought. The joke was going to be something like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Just another catchphrase. It's very clever. That's a
2: clever move, right? Yeah, I can't, I'm not going to say that. You you can't say it.
0: <laughs> so Jack goes to pack up his things and practice tries to cheer him up, telling him to do detail at the funeral with him. He's going to set up. He's going to set up But But Jack says no and cleans out his desk as the entire precinct watches. Meanwhile, Benedict looks over the ticket and realizes that it's magic and opens a portal to somewhere he's not sure about. Maybe the Twilight Zone uh, uh, Jack,
2: that plays in the background, right?
0: Yeah, Jack takes Danny to his really sad apartment and winds up killing a guy hiding in the closet because there's always a guy in his closet, and Jack lays it all on the line, telling Danny that he fakes the calls from his ex-wife to make himself less lonely to everyone around him. It's all pretty sad, but the mood is lightened when we find out that the funeral is for a guy named Fart, which is pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is
2: it is it Tony the Fart? Something like
0: that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, didn't,
2: I didn't pick up on that until this
1: viewing. I think my favorite part of that, which I remember from other times I've seen it, it's when practice says, um, am oh, such a tough guy, but I could never
2: sneak up on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, Arnold calls him a flatulent guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on the way to the, over the funeral, Jack and Danny work out that Vivaldi has planted a chemical bomb in the corpse in order to kill Torelli and his crew. They get to the hotel where the funeral is taking place on the roof in gaudy fashion. At the funeral, Vivaldi makes nice with Torelli and tells Benedict to move along with the plan. Jack meets up with Practice, and he tells him what they figured out, so Practice tells him to come up to the side entrance of the hotel, and they'll sneak in. But it's a ruse, and Practice turns out that he's working with Vivaldi, and there was no side entrance after all. He starts to monologue, and Danny comes up behind him with one of the many guns from Jack's glove compartment. Then Practice just takes the gun right out of Danny's hand and tells Danny to handcuff himself to a pipe. But then Danny realizes he still has the key from the first act in his pocket, so he uncuffs himself and catches practice monologuing again. Then Vivaldi catches Danny monologuing and pulls out a gun on Danny. This is one of the scenes where they probably could have cut a bunch of time out. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Vivaldi leaves the funeral, telling Benedict to stay behind and make sure everything goes to plan. Practice goes to shoot Slater, but the cartoon cat detective voiced by Danny DeVito saves the day and shoots practice. Jack heads to the funeral and tells Danny to get a crane from a neighboring high rise over to the roof in two minutes without much instruction on how to do that.
1: And if you take going back to the cartoon cat part,
0: if you take all the context clues um, from the
1: other scenes, the cartoon cat was in, uh, you make it seem like Jack may have covered up his sexual harassment. <laughs> Maybe because I, w- I it, would doubt it because it comes back. Cat goes, yeah, you've done a lot for me, bud, or whatever he says. <laughs> so What you're
0: saying, Mark is a cab,
1: a
2: cab. Exactly. <laughs>
0: all cartoon cops are
2: bastards
0: (laughs) that's still a cab i suppose
2: yeah yeah i think you have to to add an extra c in there
1: (laughs) just just one of them silent when you're saying it
0: yeah danny goes to the construction site waving a gun scaring everyone off leaving him to operate the crane by himself at the funeral jack makes a big scene saying the man in the casket is still alive so he grabs the body and takes it away and everyone thinks he's stealing the body so they all pull guns on him and he throws the body off the side and onto the crane hook all the guests open fire on Jack until he has to jump off the side of the building and lands on a glass elevator that is on the outside of the building. For some reason, a helicopter with guns on it has clearance to fly over a major metropolitan area and goes to shoot at Jack, but he ducks and the door opens and shoots a whole bunch of goons. Then Danny hired goons. Hired goons. Tired goons. <laughs> then Danny swings the crane over and clips the propeller, and the helicopter loses c- control and crashes. But then the elevator starts to give way to, due to the damage it took, and Jack goes free falling but manages to grab onto fart on the crane. Uh, eventually... What a great sentence. <laughs> eventually, Danny operates the crane to just over the little ray of tar pits. So of all Jack and the body fall into the pit, and the chemical weapon finally detonates under the tar, creating a large fart bubble before it passes. Jack manages to conveniently clean himself up with a small towel, even though he's drenched in tar. And then Whitney shows up with a huge pickup truck out of nowhere with a fresh change of clothes. Benedict goes to Vivaldi to check in after the funeral and Benedict tells Vivaldi that the plan failed and he has had a terrible day. No thanks to Vivaldi, then shoots Vivaldi while he wades in the pool. So then Benedict out of nowhere breaks the fourth wall to monologue to the camera in a bid to make Benedict one of the most underrated villains of film history. Uh, (laughs) Just then Jack comes crashing through the wall with a truck. He plans to arrest Benedict, but then he tosses Benedict into the wall and Benedict and the butler go through the vortex into the real world. So Jack and Danny follow them through the vortex and out into the streets of New York. Benedict carjacks a taxi and Jack follows him in a car that he breaks into. They follow them into an alley and they play another game of chicken. But Danny tries to tell Jack that it's not like the movies. He'll die. But Jack doesn't listen. Kicks Danny out and has a very realistic crash that leaves the other driver dead. That, that crash was pretty jarring.
2: <laughs> I was like, even after seeing it so many times, I was like, oh, shit, that looks like it really hurt.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they go to Nick, who was asleep uh, the whole time and didn't see Danny in the theater. And Jack has a crisis of identity about being a fictional character and all. And they have to break it to Nick that Benedict has the magic ticket. <clears throat> <coughs> so Danny takes Jack home and his mom answers the door, worried sick because it's now 2 a.m. and the cl- cops called. And then he introduces her to Jack Slater, who tries to introduce himself as Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he can't get the last name right. Meanwhile, Benedict's having grand old time on seating in New York City streets as a prostitute tries to turn trick. Witnesses someone get shot over a pair of sneakers with no immediate cop response. So he decides it, to te- okay. Real quick, that that's a great villainous moment, right? Cause like it it shows
2: that he's thinking about what he can do in this in this world. Mm-hmm. Where instead of just going on a killing spree, not knowing what the rules are, he's looking he, like no sirens, no screaming, he's looking at his watch. that like, oh, This is like it's too good to be true kind of thing. So he's not just a brainless uh, murderer. Yeah, actually, he's adapting to his surroundings. And that's what makes
0: him so dangerous. Yeah. No, he's good. So he decides to test a theory and kills a guy for no reason in the street to see what would happen. And nothing does. Danny gets a good night's sleep and wakes up to see Jack and his mom getting along like a couple of single people in their 40s. And Jack realizes he likes classical music. Jack decides he wants to go to the top of the Empire State Building and then wonders if the ticket could be used in other movies. And at that very moment, Benedict is meeting with the Ripper trying to plot the murder of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I guess they're in I guess they're in Jack Slater three. Was it? But he does bring the the cans of film into Jack Slater three. That's pretty meta. Surprised mm-hmm. it, it didn't collapse on itself. Right. <laughs> Yeah,
2: it's, it's got to be a weird... Is it almost like time cop rules in a way?
0: Almost, yeah.
2: I'm assuming that what they had gotten deeper into it, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, at, at one point, the actors do run into each other. Mm-hmm. So are they occupy? They're occupying the same space, but I mean... And they touch. Yeah. So I guess it doesn't run on time cop rules. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, only twitches do.
2: Which sucks because Van Damme is in this movie. That's the mm-hmm. perfect time to do that,
0: yeah. If and like Van Damme sees it, it's like, Oh, Which, it's just like my movie Time Cop, right? They cannot touch uh, that's a terrible <laughs> accent there. I apologize, uh,
2: but yeah, that would have been awesome. That would have brought the, that, that would have made this movie god if they <laughs> <laughs> reference Time Cop.
0: And he does a split like over the uh the seats,
2: yes, <laughs> to, to avoid the axe being thrown.
0: There's a split. So Jack and Danny have been looking for Benedict for five hours and they spot benedict getting into a cab jack bumbles his way through traffic and rips the door off the cab and he salts the cabbie Cabbie tells him the guy left but he left his paper in the back seat so they look at the paper and they realize that benedict's plan is to kill schwarzenegger so there's no more jack slater movies everyone makes their way to the premiere and we get schwarzenegger as himself and a whole host of cameos including maria shriver chris connolly lisa gibbons jim belushi jean claude van damme MC Hammer, Little Richard, among even more. The Ripper shows up just ahead of Tom Noonan, who plays the Ripper and makes his way into the premiere, and he winds up killing Tom Noonan's agent in the process. Jack and Danny sneak in based on the fact that Jack looks just like Schwarzenegger, and Jack goes to get clo- close to Arnold in order to stop any sort of murder attempt. Danny, meanwhile, goes to another balcony and sees the Ripper, so Danny shouts to Jack in the theater about the Ripper, and as he tries to take the shot at the Ripper, Jack gets tackled by none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. So the Ripper runs, and Arnold tries to get Jack to come up to California for work as an impersonator. And then Danny runs into the Ripper again.
1: And he'll so. make him go to some uh, supermarket openings and things like that. It just makes Arnold look like a
2: douchebag. Yeah. yeah. And and Jack has a great line like, "You've brought me nothing but pain." Like, wow, yeah. that's pretty deep. <laughs> like, because without Arnold, you don't exist. Right. So, like think like really chew on that, right? <laughs> it's it's a real double-edged sword there without him you don't exist but with him it's a cause for all the, the the problems that you're you're facing yeah it's it's a real uh like duality of man kind of thing yeah kind of and crazy. obviously this isn't time
1: cop rules because they touch yes. each other and, and nobody dies
0: would have been great mm-hmm. if they kissed <laughs> I would have just loved to see like Jean-Claude Van Damme just like shake his head in disapproval. It's like, man, that would have been great. <laughs> Him stand up in the theater. That's bullshit! <laughs> if you guys have seen my great movie,
2: <laughs> you would know that there's something wrong here. When did, when did Time Cop came out? What, 94?
0: It
1: would been around I, this time or just after.
2: I think, I think it was before it, wasn't it? Maybe it's not. I don't remember.
0: 94. Okay. So and this senior? came out... This, 93. Was 94 too? this was ninety three. This was ninety three. Oh, this is before. Wow. So I maybe this was that's 36. how. Maybe that's how Jean Claude Van Damme got the idea. Oh, fuck. Although it's, I think it was based on a comic, so it's not even. <laughs>
1: Damn it! We'll just go with that. It's a better story. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. a way
0: better story. Like, just ripping off Last Action Hero. <laughs> He's like, "What if? What if they couldn't touch?" <laughs> now hear me out. Uh <laughs> This cool. all. <laughs> this all culminates into a scene on the roof of the theater with this basically this first scene from Jack Slater 3 that we see. Jack drops his gun, the Ripper tosses Danny off the side and then throws his axe at Jack, then Jack takes the axe and hits power box and jumps onto a ledge, a severed power cord landing on the rain soaked roof electrocuting the Ripper.
1: I don't know how closely you looked at this ant, was mm-hmm. he wearing rubber shoes as well or
0: was uh, Ripper the Ripper, I kind of think he was. Uh, As way. someone
1: has worked in electric in the past, he was wearing everything possible to not get an electric. Yeah, car. Right? I think
0: rubber gloves, rubber boots. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did like think I was like, mm, he's wearing rubber boots, isn't he? And yeah. rubber gloves, so he yeah. would
1: not. He'd be the least conductive person of all time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how
2: how funny would it have been if because it, the entire time Jack is in the real world, everything everything he does is a fail essentially. So he thinks he's being clever by trying to electrocute the ripper so he, he hits the power line it falls down and the, the ripper is just kind of standing there like fine
1: that, that oh, actually oh would have
2: probably been a much better conclusion to that <laughs> right and then like Danny does something to him or whatever yeah but yeah that would have been great like oh you know take this and he's just standing there like, oh I, that was supposed to work but <laughs> okay yeah I, I think that would have been a good little uh, a fail a good fail for the movie. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a great scene getting electrocuted and gets his revenge. So it
0: works out either way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You do that scene and he doesn't get electrocuted and then Jack j- just shoot there, just shoots him. He so pulls an
0: Indiana Jones. Him. So uh, in the trivia or actually in goofs, plot holes, spoilers on the rooftop at the end, when Ripper gets electrocuted, he's wearing rubber gloves and rubber sold boots. Rubber doesn't conduct electricity. So it should have no effect on him. Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> Minor oversight. Yeah. To an otherwise
2: perfect movie all right
0: yep it's It's... flawless otherwise Uh, jack takes a couple of cables and goes off the side and rescues danny who manages to cling to a gargoyle on a neighboring building impossible as it may seem as they get back on the roof benedict shows up and starts shooting at them and monologuing as they take cover behind a water tank Tries to shoot at them again, and the gun clicks. So Jack thinks he forgot to reload, but Benedict, in his never-ending push to be the most underrated villain in film history, just left one chamber empty for just such an occasion. And he puts a bullet in Jack's chest. It's such a badass moment. <laughs> it's <laughs> it so cool. Like, I, it, I'm. I'm not trying to root for Benedict in this movie, but he's making it very difficult not to. I
2: mean, again, it's Charles Dance. That's just you know, that's awesome. The, the glass yeah. eye that he switches, awesome, yeah. awesomer, and then just like the cool one-liners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it's cr- he is criminally underrated. Again, just, have you ever seen that in another movie? Where the bad guy intentionally leaves an empty round just to goad the villain, or goad the good guy, out of hiding. Mm. God, that's, that is a genius move. No one's ever done that afterwards.
0: <laughs> He's playing 4D chess.
2: He is. And he just outsmarts uh, Arnold. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, Danny goes for Benedict, but Benedict tosses him aside, and then Danny pretends that he broke his arm. And he cries like a little bitch. Fake <laughs> crying, though. So That's when that, Benedict
2: he's not all all
0: movies. Yeah. So when Benedict goes in for the kill shot on Jack, Danny drop kicks him and knocks the gun away. Danny, there's two moments at the third act of this movie where Danny just throws his body at things. One of the this being the one, <laughs> it just looks hilarious to me. <laughs> so when Benedict goes in for the kill shot on Jack, Benedict then moves it to a knife, but Danny tosses the gun to Jack, and Jack shoots him right in the fake eye, and it blows up.
2: He has a great line. No sequel for
0: you. Ah. boom love it Uh, and then the ticket floats down onto the street below landing in front of an art house theater that is playing ingmar bergman's the seventh seal and it makes ian mckellen as death come out of the screen they put jack in the back of the ambulance but danny tells him that he needs to get jack back to the movie where it'll just be a flesh wound so he brandishes a gun at everyone and everybody runs away so danny drives the ambulance through the front of nick's theater and tells nick to get the movie started Struggles to get Jack to the screen, but without the ticket, nothing seems to be working. And then Death shows up, and Danny tells him that he can't take Jack. And Death says that he has no interest in Jack because he's not on his list. Then he tells Danny that if it were him, he'd be looking for the other half of the tickets. So Danny drop kicks the ticket box again. And oh, that's the second right. time he... I
2: was trying to think, what's the second time he throws himself?
0: He <laughs> just throws himself at the ticket box uh, in the lobby and then rummages through and finds the ticket. And it works. He gets Jack to to go through to jack slater four they and he drops off jack but not before they don't have a heart-to-heart about all the time they've had together and everybody comes to his rescue and two great things here
1: one he insinuates that he wants to bone his mom oh yeah um <laughs> and also the tremendous green screen behind danny oh god
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he stopped saying that one sentence. <laughs> Take care of your mom for me. I'd love to. Uh, just you have so much life anymore. ahead. He's, like, <laughs> he's just like, you just have so much life ahead of you. <laughs> it's like, are you saying you want to fuck my mom? But you know what
2: I, I was thinking about? like Everything kind of wraps up in a nice little package. Except for the fact that death, the, the embodiment of death is now wandering New York City.
0: Yeah, it seems to be death, too yeah it's a,
2: it's a it, legit death
0: right because he's he's not the fictional death right because no. he says he has no interest in fiction correct
2: and he, yeah. he touches a cop and the cop dies on the street yeah so he's the he's the protagonist the hero of this movie <laughs> he, he he's a very helpful character in the short amount of time that he's there yeah like if i were you i'd be looking for the other half of that ticket he didn't have to do that he's death yeah <laughs> right <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, he should be like Doctor Manhattan. Right, and it's like I grow tired of this. Yeah, it's like the the difference between dead dead and alive means nothing to me.
2: It's and was he actually in that movie? Oh, no, right? no,
0: okay, no. Uh, Max von Sydow was, but not okay. that role. He gotcha. was the other one.
2: That's a fantastic movie. Have,
0: I haven't seen that, that movie in a long time. That would have been a cool after credit
2: scene where just like Ian McClellan's death is just hanging out. He's like maybe he's on top of the World Trade Center or the the uh. Empire State Building just kind of hanging out, and there's some like douchey tourist there. He just taps him on the shoulder. Guy <laughs> dies in front of his family.
0: Everyone's screaming. It's great. <laughs> and then Death from Bogus Journey comes up, and they do the oh. Spider Man meme. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, hey, 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 you. You're not Death. I'm <laughs> Death. No, you're. And then they play Battleship. And <laughs> Ian, Mc- Ian McKellen just like just wipes the floor with him. <laughs> oh,
0: man, that's the movie we need now. Fuck. <laughs> How do we get uh, in touch with this? How do we do this? I don't know. That'd be good. I'd like to see that. Yeah. But then the doctor comes to attend to Jack and it's just a flesh wound, just like they thought it would be. And uh that's the end of Last Action Hero. What a fun movie. It's mm, really yeah. great time. I still yeah. think it needs to, it could be uh, it could be another 20 minutes shorter. I think the middle part lags a little bit. Like the whole the whole funeral scene is a little bit long. Mhm. Um, but no, yeah, it's so good, so underrated. This this might be one of my favorite Arnold movies, to be honest with you. He's
2: he's really he's not great at it, but he's a pretty good comedic actor. Like he can do it in in short bursts. Like, mm-hmm. If you try to make it constant, it's I think he'll have some t- like downtime. But here it, it works because it's playing to his strong suit with more action with comedy mixed in. Or something like Jingle All the Way. Like I, I do love Jingle All the Way, just because I am regardless. But that's There's not a whole lot of action in it, honestly, or obviously. So it really more relies on his comedic talents. And right. it, it, again, it, it's not that he's bad at it. It's just, it, it's got to be a little bit more. He can't just carry yeah. a movie based on comedy.
0: It's, it's stretching him a little thin. Because here, here's more of the straight man, right? yes yeah he doesn't realize what's going on he's he doesn't realize he's being funny right um yeah and just plays to his strengths this is it's a lot of fun and charles dance we can't say how how good he is in this movie yeah yeah Yeah. i don't know what he did i don't know what he did in between this and game of thrones but it wasn't enough
2: right because you don't up until then i didn't remember ever seeing him when I saw Game yeah. of Thrones, I was like, "Oh, I don't—I have
0: no idea who that is." Yeah, I'm gonna look it up right now. What did Charles Dance doing between the, in the the rest of the '90s and the 2000s? Probably some like BC stuff. Probably. A lot a sh- of TV maybe.
2: Probably like... like a Sherlock Holmes movie. Maybe. Is every, you know, they got to pump. He out was of in Sherlock one of Holmes. the
1: Johnny English sequels. Oh, was oh, <laughs> he?
0: That's unfortunate. Hey, he's yeah, just he coming was... off of Alien Three. Okay. Terrible. He's he was kept busy, but he wasn't in anything that he's I been... would. Gosford Park, yeah, Ali G in the house, a lot of TV movies.
1: Oh, he was in the female Ghostbusters.
2: Uh, was he? I recently watched that not too long ago. I, I call. He was
1: Harold Fillmore.
2: I don't oh, remember. Really. Yeah.
0: That's post, that's post the uh, Game of Thrones anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Again, just. I was just
1: looking at all the stuff he's done recently and it's it? some, some stuff like Victor yeah. Frankenstein and the final Underworld movie.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's a lot of a lot of missing, a lot of misses for him in
0: movies. Yeah, I mean, it's it does seem like he's in a lot of like BBC miniseries and TV mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, yeah, it, it could
1: also be the best part of the. To be honest, of-
2: in in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, not a good movie. They don't really they don't utilize him well. Uh, so I think that was just an overall miss anyway. There there wasn't much Charles Dance could have done to save a, a movie like that. Uh, but he says, "Long live the king!" And again, just he was meant to say those words. Like contractually, right. he should say that in every movie, regardless. Of it's his Ruby
0: California, is. right?
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he's even if he's in a sports movie, it, it's got he's got to work for like the Kings, The Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> or is it the, uh, the,
0: ol- the only sports movie he could be in.
2: Yeah, just anything that has the Kings in it. Yeah. So it's just like he gives he gives uh, a <laughs> maybe he's like the owner.
0: He could be in this. He could. Be the uh, the coach of the Sacramento Kings or the the coach of the LA Kings. Yes, nothing else. Yeah, it's
2: just, <laughs> and it's just long live the Sacramento King, and everyone just goes nuts. Yeah, that's
0: that's. I, I guess he could be into in a LeBron James movie. Long live I, the yeah, because
2: King. Yeah, King, King James obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, just I would make sure that he has that line. I would I would just throw it in there, like how they make fun of I'll be back in this movie. That, mm-hmm. That's his I'll be back.
0: Uh, we know who to call when, we we're remaking King Ralph, right? King yep. Ralph, um, <laughs> what
2: a what a weird throwback. <laughs> but it, it's applicable, so it yeah. it makes sense.
0: There you go. Uh, you guys got anything else to say about this movie? Or you want to get out of here?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, go watch it. It's it's 90s good cheese, 90s. man. It's yeah, it's Arnold at at his best and underrated.
0: Mark, nothing. No,
2: I'm good. Yeah, it's great.
0: Great. All right, why don't you guys plug your shit?
2: Okay, yeah, uh, I'm just going to... I'll plug, and I'll, I'll let Mark do the heavy lifting with it, but um, we have Extra Life coming up Saturday. This is the one time of the year where we kind of come to you guys hat in hand, in a way, just asking that you help us out with our 24-hour stream donations for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Uh, we start at 9 a.m., and then we go till 9 a.m. on Sunday, just going to be playing a lot of fun games we want you to join if you can't donate obviously you know times are tough uh, spread the word just say hey these guys are doing something really nice for the children's hospital of philadelphia uh if you could help out great if not you know totally understand but we'll uh we'll be streaming from 9 a.m saturday to 9 a.m sunday mark
1: yeah so i'm finishing up with that we're going to be doing a live session of a uh, stranger damey's our D&D podcast, which airs every other Wednesday. Um, so be sure to check that out on Instagram and Twitter at StrangerDamies. And we have our gaming podcast, uh, the Game Vault Podcast, which airs every other Monday. Um, so be sure to check that out. All socials, Game Vault Pod. Um, Twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod is where Extra Life will be hosted this Saturday. Um, and also where we stream three nights a week. Um, we have uh, Tom on Mondays. With his retro games, Wednesday, um, which uh, you probably noticed we did not do a a Wednesday stream this week, but that's normally where we do multiplayer. Um, Thursday is our um, co-op night um, where me and someone else plays through a game cooperatively. Um, So be sure to check us out. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff over at twitch.tv slash gamevaultpod. And the reason we weren't live yesterday... Um, was because um, on Friday, tomorrow, um, there'll be a special episode of Talking to Strangers. Um, we'll be making an announcement about the show. And also just uh, doing our normal, um, you know, discussion of the show up until Extra Life's long live session. Um, so be sure to check that out. It's always a ton of fun. If you have any questions, um, you know, for us at any point um, after hearing that um, podcast. Um, feel free to send us a a dm or a tweet or anything we're always up for answering questions or you know you know it's it's always fun just just talking D &D and i think talking with strangers uh, shows that with us
0: okay great and we are they call this movie you can find us on spreaker and wherever you get your podcast just by searching they call this movie is spotify itunes wherever you get your podcast you will find us there we are the That's our main website where you can find articles and all of our shows on there. So that's the and on all social medias, just by searching the So that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Search the main will pop right up. We are a part of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them on gvnation.com, and on all podcasts and all social media services by searching geek vibes nation tons of great shows if you're into geek stuff there's surely a show for you if you want to hit us up on email send us an email and suggest a movie for us it's the main name at gmail.com we're also on tiktok just look for they call this a movie if you want to if you have a little bit of time you want to show some support for the show please i know we say this every week but please go on to your podcast uh podcast App of choice and give us a five star review really helps us out, really helps out with the algorithm. That's going to wrap it up this week. The director of Last Action Hero is John McTiernan. So, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling John McTiernan, Well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?